Hello, everyone, and welcome to Waiting to be Signed, the show where we reveal the week's events on FX Hash. My name is Trinity, and I'm joined by Will. But before we get started, a quick disclaimer. We are here to talk about art, not just the aesthetics, but the money surrounding it, as the market is a key part of FX Hash. That said, nothing we say here should be taken as financial advice. It is for fun and conversation. You can follow us on Twitter at Waiting to Sign to keep up with our thoughts throughout the week or for those who prefer visual language, on Instagram, at waiting to be signed. If you are feeling generous, we'd love token donations at our Tezwald address, waitingtosign.tez. And if you would like to support us further, you can mint the FX text article that will accompany this podcast. Uh, we highly recommend that you take a look at it, as it is a visual reference guide to everything we talk about, and it will make the conversation around art more fun and easier, we hope. Hey, Will. Hey, Trinity, you know, because talking about art is just so easy without visual aids, right? Well, so. <laughs> we, we have visual aids. Yeah, definitely the FX text article is full of all the images of the things we reference and the individual pieces we're talking about in the project. So Last week's was a little uh, rough shot. I got all of the images in, but it's always fun to put some extra little commentary. And yeah, stuff. I noticed it was a little bit lighter on text, but I know you were traveling. So probably yeah, traveling and um, working, but I did figure out that my mom, who does listen to this, hi mom, uh, had no idea what an FX text article was or how to access it. So, so that explains why she's not donating. Yeah, uh, you know, you got to get that <laughs> that Tez address set up, and we always talk about that's the biggest hurdle. Nobody knows how to do this shit. So it's true. I mean, I guess it was a prime opportunity to uh, create a Tezos wallet for her. Next time, you'll be back out there. I'm sure it was a really busy weekend. So yeah, how was your week? My week was pretty good. So my wife is back on leave. So she's like chilling and getting a lot of stuff done with the baby, but also like trying to get some personal stuff done. So she's off for about three months right now. And the biggest thing on her to-do list is driver's license. We're going to do the driver's license finally. Because because we had to get a car when we moved to Jersey and she needs to be able to drive it. She's going to be a Jersey driver. Teach her how to not be a Jersey driver, please. I beg of you. Well, I'm not going to do very much of the teaching. I think she's going to do like a driving school, so I don't know what they're going to teach her. But as soon as she gets her passport uh, in the mail, she had to get a new passport. She has like no ID right now. (laughs) So she needs her passport and then she can do the whole process. So we're super excited about that. That is very exciting. Because as you know, when you have a car, all of a sudden every weekend, there's an expectation that we're going to go somewhere with the car. And it's like, I'm the only one who can do the driving right now. It's like, all right, you got to do this. (laughs) I would say what you can do is if you're going somewhere with the car, find a low traffic parking lot. She can get some early reps in, maybe not with the baby in the backseat. We live really near the Liberty Science Center and that has like a huge parking lot. And on days when it's closed or just off hours, like it's just so empty. So once she has her permit and stuff, for sure, I'll take her down there and see how she does. <laughs> oh, that She's driven be a golf cart exciting. before. It's not that much harder. So. Okay. Were you on the golf cart with her? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was good. Yeah. You survived? Yeah. I mean, you can't get into a lot of trouble with a golf cart. No. I was just um, remembering. I don't know why I was thinking about tattoos for some reason. And in Jackass the movie, I don't know if you remember <laughs> seeing that like 20 years ago. Vaguely. There is the, the clip of them driving over sand dunes in the golf cart while one of them is getting a tattoo. Oh, yikes. Yeah. (laughs) Painful. But that was the point of that movie, right? (laughs) Yeah. 
God, good times. I'm excited to see what clip from Jackass the movie you embed into the FX text oh, yeah. article. <laughs> make sure you make a note. Thanks for the reminder to uh, yeah. add that in. I, I feel like we don't have very much news to talk about this week, do we? Other no. than one thing that's upcoming that we can kind of announce, which is an interview. It's been a slow week. It's been a slow week news-wise. I mean, in, in gaming news, uh, Magic Spellslingers announced a new set dropping at the beginning of November. So oh, I thought you said they, they're the closing, closing down. No, that is also probably equally in play. But uh, no, instead they're adding a whole bunch of more cards. It's, it's, I think it's going to effectively double the card pool for the game, which is actually pretty small right now. So that should be pretty interesting. The metagame has like become very solved in a way. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a two-deck meta. So getting all of these new cards should hopefully help. So that's kind of exciting, but also totally relevant. It is. We had a really good interview yesterday that we recorded a long one, maybe one of our longest interviews yet. I think so. We just kind of yeah. kept going, and we went way off script with Leander Herzog. It was there really wasn't fun. as much of a script as there usually is, but it's open ended conversation, which is fun. It was very it's not fun. as tight, but Leander or Lenny, as Lenny. I guess he's called, he's awesome. Yeah, he was really great to talk to. I'm about 25 minutes into the edit, and the takes are starting to warm up for sure. He offered quite a bit of commentary on just everything which is really cool to hear and like we ended up talking a lot more about the market too which kind of surprised me his take was like there's the juxtaposition right between the art and the market obviously that's why we're here sort of but any good hot takes that you feel like we can share just to give people a well i mean the part that i'm editing right now is where he's talking about his kind of philosophy around the tokens he releases and wanting to push the medium to take advantage of like everything of being Mm. digital right and we actually come back to that point like throughout the conversation and talking about why he personally is not so into releasing like just flat 2D JPEGs. And, you know, it's not that he's trying to be critical of like a lot of the other work. It's more just like this is his personal feel on the medium and like things that he wants to do. And Yeah. I mean, it's kind of an extension of the conversation that we had with Lisa Orth. Yeah. Where, I mean, her take was static is fine, but don't recreate traditional art styles because we're working with code god damn it <laughs> yeah but you know really pushing towards the fully animated is something taking it one step further for sure so excited to, to try to get that one out by next wednesday but we recorded with him yesterday we're recording this today friday and fingers crossed we're recording tomorrow to another interview so we've got three days of recording in a row which is going to eat into some of the editing time but i'm very hopeful that this will get out for sunday lenny will get out for wednesday And then the interview we're doing tomorrow, which is also pretty exciting. And that will come a week or two after. So Audacity is going to be working overtime in the next week and a half. (laughs) You should just add this to your resume. Expert editor. Definitely not an expert, but... Well, highly motivated editor. (laughs) Very motivated, right. (laughs) We do have actually a ton of cool stuff to talk about. Should we do donations real quick and then talk about some projects? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Donations this week, we got a Hope from Vojibis, a Sketchbook from Sarab Diman, a Tessera from Obi, and a Kyokuritsu from Auto Eclectus. Thank you all for the tokens. We love High to get five, those donations. Japanese wife pronunciation. Oh yeah, pretty good, right? Yeah, it was really good. All right, Trinity. So even though you were busy this week, I know you minted. I know you have some favorites. What is your favorite of the week? My favorite of the week is one of your favorite artists on the platform, El Tono, released a new project called Oyo Is. 
how would you pronounce this? Oyoyas? Oyoyas? I don't know. I, I think he said that the name itself was... Randomly generated? Yes. So I can't it's... feel bad about pronouncing it wrong. This is Altono's, I think, fourth fourth project on the platform. 444 editions, 15 Tez, flat price, love to see it. Not minted out at this point. But out of everything that Altono has released so far, I saw this and it was like head over heels, my favorite mm. out of all of them. Not close, just blew me out of the water. You know, I've been a little bit like medium-ish, medium plus on some of Altono's previous work. Uh, my previous favorite one would be Arrangement, which is like really fun, bright neon colors, like on the grid. This new drop, Oyoyas, is similar, I would say. Like grid structure, but more focus on like deep, thick lines, similar color palettes as previous work. But this one is so fun and playful. It is so cool. It's his first one in quite a while. And I think it's his first one since beta, right? Because I think so. Divisio X was his last release. And that was one that ended up burning with the big burn, if my memory is correct. And there was a lot of like down to the wire minting of it. Mm -hmm. And then the price shot up. And price shot up because there just weren't that many on the market. I think actually, I'm just scrolling through. I think El Tono ended up minting quite a bit at the end there because it was a thousand or a really high number. Yeah. So if you look kind of at the back end of it, you'll find a good number of El Tono mints in here, getting it to a very meme worthy 420 final <laughs> editions. <laughs> yeah. It looks like it was about a thousand for sure. I think Arrangements is still my favorite just really love that project and think it's super cool. But this one also I like in how distinct it is and how different it kind of feels while still being like so mm -hmm. distinctly El Tono, mm -hmm. like that kind of system oriented work. And I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, Instagram, but like he does a lot of public art, like a lot of public art and things that kind of mix also sculpture with um, painting and like, so really, really, really cool artist. I was super excited to see this coming here. I minted three of them. And got three really nice different ones, including two brutals, which were, which are on the rarer side. When I was looking through this collection with some of the new palettes, because it's leveraging a lot of you know color work that Eltono hasn't really done before. There's the signature like green and black, which I think we've seen in all of the work so to date. But some of these new palettes are really fun and vibrant and great, mm -hmm. um, which is a scientific word. Um, <laughs> chewing gum. 100% super cool, as well as Punta Rosa, which is, you know, also just very beachy, I would say. It makes me think of like in a playfulness point of view, like some of the press tube work that's been on the platform, just in terms of mood, like not really anything else because press tube stuff is very illustrated. Well, and there's something about these that feels more organic too than the previous work. So I kind of, I kind of get that comparison. One interesting thing about this, right? So despite, you, you would think that for a project that's like not minted out, usually what happens, what, like people start to abandon it. Maybe some people who got in to flip it realize they are not gonna be able to flip it and they start listing below floor. So it's about 25, maybe a little more than 25% minted out at this point. And there's zero on the marketplace. Not a single person has listed theirs yet, which is pretty uncharacteristic. There are a few unnamed wallets in here, but it's hard to know if those are flippers who are just waiting, but I think overall it seems like almost everyone who minted is just minting to hold. And not I mean, it's really great work. You know, you know yeah. me, like I'm kind of, I'm not on the speculator side for sure. In the recent months, I've barely minted anything at all. 
When I've been minting, it's been like the mint multiple to try to recoup costs. And this one I was was like, I'm just going to mint this because it's bonkers cool. (laughs) And I'm not expecting to sell this at any point. That's a signal, right? If I'm minting it just to mint it. It's definitely a signal. (laughs) It's a signal to me. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because we've seen this sort of action, you know, as you said, on almost every single Eltona drop with it, maybe the exception of Arrangement. And Arrangement was something that was early beta. It got pretty quickly sold out and then was one of the ones where it just never took off because it was heavily flipped for the most part, if I'm recalling correctly. Lowest second sale is three Tez. Yeah. It was only four or five Tez to mint it and it was a, like 999 total. So like very 888. high. 888. Okay. So a really, really high addition count. It just got heavily flipped. And also I think... I just kind of feel like in general, like Eltono's never found a huge appreciation on the platform. Which is really weird because I know that Eltono has appreciation like over on the ETH side quite a bit. He has an art blocks, one or two art blocks drops. I think one that did mint out and one that's still unminted. So like, I guess you'd call that mint mixed success, but I think those works are really cool as well. I did actually get another arrangement this week. I don't know if you saw that in the sales feed. (laughs) No, I didn't. I wasn't sure if you were buying or selling. I checked just to see if there was anything cheap and there was a inverted very, very close to the floor. So I took that moment to pick up one of these inverted ones that kind of showcases some different colors and it's a little more rare. I think that's like my 12th one now. (laughs) Like the thing about specifically arrangement is that although there are some diversity in palettes, a lot of them are just so samey just because they have you know, the black background with the same set of neon colors mm-hmm. on all of them. Yeah, you have to kind of hunt and find the interesting variations. And that was the thing that got me into it. Uh, arrangement number one is actually, I think, the most unique. Oh, well, I'll be the judge of that. I'm quite the arrangement expert. Oh, okay. yeah. That's a pretty rare palette. I mean, that's <laughs> the the blue and the green. Yeah. But there's there's some that are really the way that they become constructed. And likewise with this project, right? Like you can find somewhere the the last layer that's drawn. So in the case of arrangement, there tends to be like this layer of white that's almost like erasing it or mm-hmm. it, it creates the appearance of like erasing where you can find somewhere the the white has eclipsed all the color and you kind of just get these like very interesting in the context of the collection. Like that's the thing that I always liked about the El Tono stuff is I feel like more than almost any artist on the platform, it's like, the type where you really want to have like four or six or eight and show them off all next to each other and try to build kind of, I, I kind of feel like this is the perfect artist for Lamont to get into yeah. <laughs> because you can really go deep and try to showcase everything the algorithm's capable of and find a lot of the interesting nuance that comes out of the code. Do you feel like that nuance is here in Oyoyas? It's very varied more so than the other work, but I would say that, there aren't like special features like that as much. I think a lot of like the coolness and the interest is in the palettes and some of like the lines that kind of go across the the topmost layer. You know, we've only seen a quarter of them. So mm-hmm. I think there's probably still some that we could, some that could emerge, but like things like number 27 and 31, where they didn't draw that second layer on top could be part of a collection where you were trying to show off everything. Versus more traditional ones like number 36, that white cross minted, which is just like, just a very well constructed one. So I don't know, it's, it's a little hard to say, but I definitely think, you know, three, four, you can get really great diversity and show off like everything with this one. I strongly feel that the community of collectors 
and I guess technically maybe speculators as well. I think they're really sleeping on this project. Hardcore. I don't know what it is that is making people not mint this. Well, it's not on trend. You know, the trend right now is to kind of make this is abstract, but it's not like the type of abstract organic, people are interested. fluid. Yeah. Uh, Lots of colors. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think he's going to burn it. He left Divizio up all the way to the burn. So I think mm-hmm. people will find this one. My one call to action, if we're wrapping up this part of the conversation, is I happen to mint two bank keys out of my three. It is actually my least favorite palette of the bunch. So if anybody wants to trade for one, please hit me up in the DMs. We can definitely facilitate that. All right. My favorite of the week is Space Reflections by Pixel Filler. It was 256 editions at four Tez, then discounted to two Tez, then discounted to one Tez, and it finally minted out yesterday once people finally... Super cool project from Pixel Filler, who, if you remember their past work, trains these little AI models and then gets them fully wrapped within the code. So they're not image comp, but they're still kind of AI generated on the fly. And this is the first one from them that incorporates movement, movement. motion. So it's actually kind of similar to a piece that they did a while ago called Broken Dimensions, which is still available to Mint. That one doesn't animate, but this one does. And if you're into like, you know, not that they're the same, but if you're into like the Kim Asendorf type of like things moving and colors changing and, and patterns emerging type of stuff, and you're also into AI, this one is super cool. And to be honest, you're if you 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 know if you missed it on the primary, the secondary is is getting very thin. Actually, a couple people, including Lamond, like went through and swept the secondary overnight. It's still seven Tez, which is pretty affordable. Very low percent listed, only seventeen listed, which is yes, yeah, seventeen to two fifty six listed. So eight percent, six seven percent, something like that. It's a great project. You know, we'll embed a couple in the FX text article so people can see. But just I think the novelty of having it be like a fully trained AI system that's then generating these patterns in motion. It's just, I don't know. I feel like I, we've talked about this artist, their last few drops and trying to get people interested in them because it's just very cool. It's very different from what mm-hmm. others are doing. Yeah. I think I started minting this again. I minted three of these before you posted the link. So I, it makes me feel really cool. I was nice. going through catching up on projects. I've been offline for most of the week. I think their most successful projects to date have been latent garden, neurobugs, maybe neuroscapes. It's not as representative as the uh, other successful projects. Mm-hmm. I like this. You know, I also going back to the uh, what Lander Herzog was saying about leveraging animation. I think I meant to this shortly after the interview yesterday. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, it it's true. It's exactly what the medium gives us. And using this in conjunction with some sort of AI model makes it, you know, kind of doubly special because it's really pushing the grounds of what we want to be able to do in the space. I minted eight of them. Were you refunded? Uh, no. Is there a refund offered? No. No, I don't know. I was asking. I mean, if there's a refund offered, fine. But I minted four of them at four Tez. And then when it got reduced, I minted four more at two Tez. I didn't mint any at one Tez because it went actually pretty quick, I think, once it was reduced down to that. But yeah, super happy with this project with the ones I have. Mm-hmm. And when I get around to updating the AI gallery again, these will go into the pixel filler section. I think the one thing that I wish is that they didn't all have black backgrounds. I think mm-hmm. I've said this before, but I really hate the zero 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 like the pure black as a background okay. and a lot of art. I know that's subjective. Well, maybe the next one will be a light background. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess it's space reflections. 
that could be taken either way. It's reflections on the movement of space or space. Outer space. Outer space. Yeah. I'll just uh, assume it's the latter. And that's why everything is dark. Again, it's kind of a hard one to describe. So I don't want to take up too much more time with it other than to say like, hey, if you're into AI stuff, if you're into animated stuff, if you're into ASCII art, go check this one out and maybe grab one or two off the floor. Because it's also one where, where I don't think you have to be super picky about which ones you get. Unless you really, really care about having a specific color, they're all very pleasant and cool to watch. So that's Pixel Filler. Should we do top five? Top five. And there was a clear and dominant number one spot this week. Yeah. Usually when we do this, it is some sort of Zancan piece that is actually in the top two to three spots for the weekly marketplace stats. This week, Zancan is sitting in spot number four, which is fine. I mean, he hasn't released anything recently, but crushing the leaderboard of sorts this week is Primordial by David Bryce Allen. This is their second drop on the platform after Bound, which was done in collaboration with Tender. 256 editions, Dutch auction, started at 28, and then I guess minted out at 12. I think it minted out above 12. Okay. But I think he had some reserved for himself, maybe. I think it minted out at 16. I minted it one at 21, and then I was kicking myself because I only got one at 16 before it ended. So I was like, oh, I should have just been minting it at 21 and done my usual thing of going the tier above. So I only ended up with two of them. It was better than my zero. Um, I saw <laughs> yeah. the alert come through on the calendar notification. I was like, Priordial, what's that? I'm going to just keep on working. Mm-hmm. And then I kicked myself like 10 minutes later when I was like, oh, this thing is flying. And it's really freaking cool. It's really cool. You know, unlike the El Tono abstract, this is like a very on theme abstract for right now. This is what people have been really loving. I would maybe even since Turner Light, mm-hmm. kind of that was the first one that brought this organic, colorful, just spindly, weird abstract style to the platform. Not that the other artists are like copying that necessarily, but it's just that. We're having a moment. We're having a moment where people are really into this type of look. DBA crushed on this one. Great color choices, really cool compositions. <laughs> I guess we're going to follow from last week where we have a hard time talking about abstract art. But I think I mean, if you I... know some of the other projects that have kind of executed this this style elegantly, like this fits right in there. Oh, 100%. And I think we even talked about it maybe a little bit last week, maybe with A Fire Within, perhaps. Mm-hmm. It's doing what it's doing so incredibly well and with such high performance. Honestly, it's it's crazy. I would expect this to kind of meander as it renders and this is, you load it, it's there instantaneously. Also like a really interesting follow-up from Bound, which was mm-hmm. such a different piece, you know, presentational, like very thematic in a way to then go to something like this is not what I would have expected from like yeah. a D- David Bryce solo drop following Bound, but very like surprising and happy to see it. I think you can see some sort of relationship between the two in a way. You know, whereas Turner Light was like almost full liquid and just like amorphous, and I think we called it oil slicks, like in a rain puddle, just like the mm-hmm. way that it grew and expanded and just, you know, the way that it was structured. Although this is structured in a similar way, there's so many different composite lines that make up the structure rather than it being like fully liquid, if you know what I'm talking about. 
-hmm. And that sort of like textured, liney pattern is something that you really, really see as well within bound, primarily in the backgrounds and to a certain extent within the actual construction of the rope. And so I think there's a little bit of a style emerging, which is super cool. And it's you need to see it being done in like two very different projects otherwise. Hmm. If I looked at this, I wouldn't be able to say that they were done by the same artist. But if you're looking at them side by side, you can see that it is of a style, sort of. Hmm. So of the two that I listed, I've flipped one. I got one that was, I guess, a little more on the rare side, a more full canvas. Mm -hmm. There's a feature called format. The typical one is the horizontal, which is a lot of the action kind of going across the middle while the top and bottom are a little less filled up. So I got like a nice full canvas full of gnarly colors and I listed that one up at what I thought was kind of an ambitious price point and it did end up selling. What was your price point? Uh, 200. Wow. That is ambitious considering yeah. that the floor isn't even that right now. The floor has come down a little bit, but at one point the floor I think was getting up around a hundred and someone reached up to grab it. And I still have my second one. I have it listed for the sake of being listed, but it's, a, it's still, I mean, it's listed at like two X floor right now. So obviously like having sold that first one, I'm like well covered on the project. Very happy to keep the second one if it never sells. This one has had a ton of turnover. Speaking of the market and sales, 256 editions, 204 oh, wow. sales so far yeah. with 81 on the market. So that's 30% of the market. And so we're well over 100% flipped on this, that's which is crazy. insane. Yeah. I think that when we've talked about this in the past, you know, we've talked about, oh, tier pricing is hard or just pricing is hard. I don't think that DBA missed on the price. No, I don't think so. If you put yourself in, in his shoes, right, it's a little hard to estimate because bound was a pretty low price point. It was like six flat. Yeah, like flat six tes or something like that. And then it, I think it blew up to like a 30, 40 tes floor. And then it's come back down into like the mid-teens. Right now it's sitting at 23. I think it got swept up a little bit after yeah, I've seen some of them moving this week for sure. So you could see like you're going kind of off your floor that you'd be afraid to put this up for, you know, starting a Dutch auction at 200 and having it come down. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I totally get it. I think if he has a lot of confidence in the next project, you could safely bring up the Dutch auction pricing. Yeah, I think that's something that Lisa did um, with some of her drops way back in beta was pricing the, her pieces around what the floor was mm -hmm. for other works because like that is the quote unquote going rate you know obviously not all projects are created equal when you have many projects like the floors can be very different but yeah 28 to 12 i think it's perfect within the pricing of bound before especially mm -hmm. if the floor was in the mid-teens you have a ending point just around or slightly under what your previous project did it's a very accessible starting point maybe he could have started a little bit higher you know that could have been a potential like mistake but given that it didn't start minting out until 16 or 21 maybe it just topped the performance and also keeping the uh the da shorter it's hard to tell in this market too I, i'm not trying to talk about this project in depth because not really on our list but um monokai released a project this week that you would have guessed would have done well just based on the aesthetics and oh i guess we have it listed in the shout outs below but kind of just to go down to that one so their project release right is still not minted out at 32 flat at 32 flat after a dutch auction starting so it's hard to know with confidence in this market where to put your pricing. Cool. I mean, do you have anything else to add on Primordial? There is a very cool diptych 
between 21 and 22. Oh, a natural one? A natural diptych. It's insane, especially when there are two pieces next to each other. It's great. If you look at some of the top holders, they have a couple that kind of connect like that in the, the top yeah. holder collections. I would say that that's one of the big differences between Primordial and Turner Light. Turner Light was, I don't think it had any features. I would have to go back and check. But I felt that it was way more organic in the way of that, that palettes emerged and mm-hmm. like that the the patterns were created. Whereas this one is has, I think, more structure. Yeah, it's, it's more constricted by its features, mm-hmm. which is like kind of to offer like a point of critique. Like I think that's the road you would go down. The features could have been a little more evenly distributed because I think having so many especially sit in that kind of like centered across the middle. Mm-hmm. None of them are identical, of course, but it creates sameness. some sameness, especially in that style. That's something that like collectors can enjoy and then they can seek out the rare ones. But on the other hand, it's kind of like you have to kind of think about that middle of the bell curve of outputs and making sure that like they really sing. So maybe that's something to think about or like look for in a future drop, finding more ways to expand that diversity. But I think overall, yeah. like a pretty well constructed drop. Like I think the addition count was was pretty right on. You know, I think one of the things that A is good because it leads to diptychs and triptychs and however many ticks you want. In your case, zero. <laughs> zero. Uh, I wouldn't mind it. I just missed it. No, sorry. And I'm, I'm not going to pay up 100. Because you said however many dicks you want. <laughs> oh, ticks. Oh. <laughs> I was like, cut that joke. Uh, you can keep it if you want. Okay. I don't know. You could also keep this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um. Is that when it's in the horizontal or across the palettes, vertical as well, the striation of colors, it seems to be in the same order every time. Mm. Um, like looking at your number 14 in the sales or in the um, marketplace next to number seven is a really great example of that as well, where you have like the green, the yellowy orange, and like the washed out red just all stacked. And so I think that consistency in composition. It's not a bad thing, but it makes it a little bit... When I was watching the sales feed or I was monitoring the floor, I was like, oh, these all kind of look the same. These are like little nits to pick, I think, um, a drop like this, which is overall still really cool. But yeah, I agree though. I think that's a a factor for sure. All right. So that was Primordial. Are we we good on that? Should we move on to our next one? Yeah, let's move on. All right. Number two on our list this week is Century... XXX Metafranchi by Reese. Casey's back with another Century series. I don't know if you noticed in the uh, description, it was one of five in the series two of Century XXX. So I, I remember seeing that when the first series came yeah. out, which was very exciting. So we got four more coming from Casey here. If you're a longtime listener, you know that for a while we were talking a lot about the Reese drops, the original five from beta, more from like a long term hold speculation standpoint. And we're going to get another round of these now post-beta. This one is part of the Herbert Franke tributes that have been coming out over the past few weeks. Kind of like the book ending it, I guess. I think they're kind of done at this point. Very, very cool execution. What did you think of it? I wasn't here when it dropped, so I haven't paid as much attention to it. But the way it moves and the way that it's changing like one pixel at a time, just you know, sometimes slowly, sometimes quickly, but always in a very, very sensical and organized way, it is an absolutely like on theme follow-up from some of the first pieces in in the century series mm-hmm. you know thinking about meta molnar the way that it just moves in a very like predictable pattern 
and just so consistently and smoothly. I love to see that this is happening in the new one as well. And mm -hmm. I think uh, Meta Kelly kind of did it in a very similar way, whereas across the entire piece, things just flipping and shifting and like going from one state to another. Maybe that's more of what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I like this one. I think like I like this one individually more than any of the pieces in the first five. Even though like from a thumbnail standpoint, I think these still kind of have the issue that those originals do of it's very hard at a thousand to kind of pick these out. But at the same time, I think it just makes it easy to buy the floor if you want to get a couple, which is a luxury in a way. <laughs> it takes away some of that, the decision paralysis. But when you run them and you just kind of watch it redraw, like, yeah, you just get this very nice system oriented piece. I just think they're super cool. I mean, I like I like these types of pixely drawing things to begin with. So it's like right in my wheelhouse in that sense. I heard you minted me one. I minted you one. I need to send it to you. I minted three <laughs> okay. of them. So I was watching them and they went out at eight Tez. Which is really surprising at a thousand. I was I thought this wouldn't start minting until four, at least in earnestness. I thought so too, but I guess, you know, Reese is a pretty important figure just in the world of modern generative art primarily because of his involvement in processing and being an educator. So people are pretty keen to collect his stuff. I didn't mint any rare ones, unfortunately. There are a few that have it more like, what would you call it? Like a primary color palette versus the pastels that are- It's like vibrancy. Yeah. And those stand out really nicely. And then there's even more rare than that, some black and white ones. So in the secondary market, we saw people sweeping the floor and then simultaneously grabbing these more rare- iterations and adding them to their collection. I'm happy to just have a couple of the regular ones and hold them for a long time, like I'm going to do with my other Reese. That was the joke, right? That we were saying before, no, well, not a joke. It was the, the not financial advice is people are going to come in, they're going to get their five century XXX from the first series. Mm -hmm. And that's like a must own collection for everybody who's coming in. From our point of view. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I actually think that we've seen some new collectors come in and maybe not know about those older projects or maybe just not regard them. But perhaps this one will get them to click the name and learn about who Casey is and also like go check out the back ones. We, we've seen a few of them moving in the last week too, I think because of this dropping. Lots of volume, which is one of the reasons I made the list. It's also big news that Casey's back and we got four more to come. So I'm very interested to see like where the others go from here. Same. I think we can assume that it'll, it'll be over a longer time horizon mm -hmm. with drops probably weeks, if not months apart. All right. Should we, move, should we move on? Yeah. This is a big one. This next piece that we're talking about is one that we've been looking forward to multiple times over the last month or so. Ephemera by podcast favorite. One of our first interviews, MJ Lindo, rhymes with window. <laughs> Got to get that in. And this was a 111-piece project. That was a Dutch auction that started at 600 and eventually minted out at 250, despite having two other tiers below it. Which is right, I think, where we called it at the end of last episode in our predictions. We're very smart. Yeah, not that guessing counts for anything, but I think our logic was right there and like looking at the drop in pricing and thinking that that might be where it's going to go. It's been a minute since Desert Sun Rising, I feel, came out not too long after 1.0 launched, right? It came out on May 9th, so a it's little bit, a but it's been a very long time. Yeah. And I th think the number one thing is like Desert Sun Rising was a very special and unique drop 
because it was so low edition count. It was only 70. It's like not something that's going to be there for the people, mm-hmm. so to speak. And super high DA starting at 1,000. I forget where this one minted out. I think it minted out in the 500s because a couple people even went in at 1,000. Yeah, the first few thousand. went. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like 500 was where the bulk of the non-reserves went. I mean, obviously the market's a little softer now, just in general. So I think this Dutch auction approach was right for sure. You, you can see like the very pessimistic 80 <laughs> tier at the bottom that of course it didn't get to, but I was saying I was really looking forward to this one and I stand by that. Like I actually really like this direction from him going into a more abstracted color focused take on these landscape style scenes. And I don't have enough of like an art background to pinpoint exactly like what these colors remind me of in particular that he chose and just the style the best I could come up with was like in a good way I'm saying this not not in like a but it kind of gives me like a really high-end retro almost tiki bar kind of vibe like I'm trying to figure out like Mm. what that era or time period would be that this is evoking in me the 50s 50s or 60s maybe I don't know but I I just really really like these colors and I like the big, heavy, thick lines that are being used to define the various like plants and foliage here. Some of the palettes, they have almost like a fairy tale vibe as well. Like if you think of like old school photos or not photos, obviously, but old school like pieces of art mm-hmm. from like the 1800s mm-hmm. that also focus on like fairies and stuff. And it's like super pastel. The ones that are like the purples and like the blues oh, the more and the greens. Ones. Okay. Yeah. But interesting enough, the color palettes are based off of time of day. Hmm. So I guess it would be the same landscape of sorts that are changing based off of the positioning of the sun. The closer to sunset or sunrise you are, it's going to be more of the reds and oranges. Wow. 6 a.m. is really nice. The two that rolled 6 a.m. almost look like a, a natural diptych with the way that the, oh, yeah, they the really background do. connects. I'm trying to figure out like the colors as they go with the um, time of day. I would think that the closer to like noon you are, like the more sunny it would be and therefore the more red it would be. But maybe I'm anchored on uh, desert sun rising. I mean, it also could just be like a way to name your palettes that <laughs> I don't think it has to actually make like physical sense <laughs> necessarily because like how different is 8.30 p.m. from 8.15 p.m.? So unless you're really at a certain point in summer where the sun sets between those two times. That's true. Do you feel differently about the project since we last talked about it? Or do you st- are you still like pretty hyped on it? I wouldn't say I'm hyped on it. I think it's really cool and I like it. I really enjoy Lindo's early work, which I, I know is something that no artist likes to hear. <laughs> I think he does abstract so really well. well. Yeah. Like the Beyonds and the Hardines and the Lepidoptera. Mm-hmm. Well, he was showing some abstract work on Twitter for a while there. Yeah. A couple different ideas. And I don't think they've emerged anywhere. No, I haven't seen so that in a while. they're still in the backlog. I still really like this project. The one thing I ended up not liking that got introduced towards the end is the idea of these frames. I don't mind the thin one. You don't like the thick one where it kind of masks the rest of the project? Yeah, I don't like the filled frame. And I would have loved to see some more of these non-framed ones because they really stand out. I'm not really sure what the idea behind the frame is, but it doesn't really it doesn't really detract that much. It just doesn't feel super additive to me. I think the frame introduces more variety and in texture 
to the pieces. I think that if they were all just like number seven, which is unframed, then I feel like the project wouldn't feel as special. Hmm. I think it just provides more visual interest on whether you're looking at it across multiple works or across, you know, looking at it in the grid. I like it. Like maybe not on an individual piece, but I think it's good for the project. From a collection-wide standpoint. Yeah. Well, that's fine. You're allowed to disagree. Yay. And you're allowed to have your opinion too. (laughs) Yeah. Weird, Weird how that works. The weirdest thing about this piece has been the market action on it. Oh, yeah. For sure. On the one hand, it, it seems like everyone who wanted to mint it got it, which is good, because there's only been 14 mm-hmm. secondary sales. On the other hand, it looks like a lot of people who got into this project thought it was going to be probably a big flip. Because if you, if you were minting at 250, you need to be pretty confident on your returns, right? That you're probably mm-hmm. going to get like 500 plus, if not maybe even closer to 1,000. There's like 55 on the market, so a full 50%. 50% listed. Yeah. Kind of weird how many people went in on this one. I guess on one hand, it's weird because it's a lot of Tez to put in on a flip. But I guess it's not weird because when you look at Lindo's other work, you could expect that you might be able to make a good flip here. So I don't know. I feel like Lindo's work for the most part, other than like the early beta projects, which if you're spending two or four Tez on a, on a mint, it's going to be fine. Kunza, I don't think was imminently flippable. No. no and neither Cotton was Caught in the Void, yeah. I think everything else that was before Caught in a Void was November beta before <clears> even <throat> I joined. So I was never there to mint anything until Caught in a Void. You know, when you have like these collections of relatively small projects other than Hardeen, which is 500, everything else is, you know, 150, whatever. 70. <laughs> yeah. Like they're tightly held by early collectors or early adopters. And then they're seeing gigantic returns because they paid five tests for a, yep. lep- a lepi. Anyone who minted even at 1,000 based on the current floor of Desert Sun Rising, yeah. you could potentially flip it. So I don't know. I guess maybe it is kind of like if we were advising the flippers on this one, I would have said like, oh, I don't know that you could mint it at 250 and expect it to go to like 700 or anything like that, especially in the market right now. You were talking about the mint on our chat yesterday. Mm-hmm. And you said that people pretty much started piling in at 250. And so there was enough of an action to get it to mint out at that price point. Yeah. Which is good because it meant that um, Linda was able to see more of those primary sales. Yeah, um, for sure. So I, I like that flipper action. Well, yeah. And I mean, I like it from a sense of him getting paid. Yeah. I was just kind of like looking through the first 20, 30 mints and you can see a disparity between... Um, those that are being listed and even the ones in the first like 20 or 30 that are listed for the most part are listed at much like higher aspirational prices. Whereas if you get like later on into the mint order, there's a lot more that are like at or around the floor. So I kind of took that to be that um, flippers who were on the sidelines watching saw the piece start minting out at 250 and then realized like, all right, this is it. It's going to go here and piled in just a theory. I mean, the piece is really fantastic looking. Yeah. I love the color work so much. Um, the quality, it's almost chalky. There's like a subtle gradient in areas. I think that it's objectively really well done. It might not to be to everybody's taste, but you know, when you, you see it and you just kind of open it up in like a full screen window mm-hmm. and watch it render it pops. out. It's really it nice. It really pops. It's really nice. I get that there couldn't have been 500 of these, and that's okay. I think it was smart to keep it on the lower end, for sure, right? Pretty well executed, I would say, overall, as a release. Like, 
from the market side. And I would also say it's been it's really well differentiated from Desert Sun Rising. Definitely. I think that when we saw some of the earlier works in progress, I know that I had a concern, maybe some others did, maybe you did, that it's like, oh, we're taking like the flowery part of Desert Sun Rising and zooming in on that. Mm-hmm. But it's not that at all. It's completely different, really standalone, both in terms of composition, art, and also palette. So It's great. I mean, I am still very excited to see future abstract pieces from Lindo. Who knows what else is being worked on on the side, right? Like artists can work on multiple projects at once. So No, they can't. What? <laughs> no, maybe we'll see something soon. Maybe Or maybe we'll at least start to see some more on Twitter of those projects reemerging. Yeah. Yeah, overall, great drop from Lindo. Should we move on to number four? The time cop in me is saying we should move on Definitely to number four. Definitely need to move on to number four. So this is Grapheme or Grapheme. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure how you want to say it, by Sarah Ridgely. And this is another Herbert Franke tribute piece, 256 editions. It was a Dutch auction from 200 down to 50. It went out at 50 pretty slowly, actually. It was a long mint. Yeah, like over the course mint. of many hours, if not days. I think over a day or two, I ended up grabbing one because I thought these were super cool. Sarah's an artist that I initially like didn't care for the Eyeshadow Roses project that much. That was at, I think, one of the first live minting events. Mm-hmm. But as I've looked at it more and more, I've, I'm starting to think that that project actually is really awesome <laughs> and that her art is really cool. And so I took this as an opportunity to collect a piece from Sarah and um, really liked my mint a lot. Which one did you pick up? I got number 177. So I think it's actually like right in the middle as far as rolling on the features and palettes. But I just thought it was a really nice representation. I guess it has a circle cutout, so it's got kind of a rare trait. But it also has bigger letters visible in it. So one of the things that this piece does is it combines a font that she designed. It's playing on Frankie's ornamental alphabets from his book, Computer Graphics, Computer Art, and just comes up with these like really cool compositions so on mine you can see like very distinct letters like e and a and stuff but on others you can hardly see the letters and they're kind of there in a more subtle way or less obvious way yeah i don't know did you look at this one at all did you mint it so this came out over the weekend when i was working for 12 hours and driving for 16 hours so didn't have a ton of time i could have minted it at one in the morning on saturday or something (laughs) but I just, it wasn't minting out, so I just uh, didn't nab it, but I was looking at it really, really heavily. I think I was waiting for floors to come down actually on the market because I know that sometimes some of them were around mint, below mint. But yeah, this project is incredibly cool. I love the textures on it. I feel like it. we say the word texture a lot. I say the word texture a lot. But also like the silk screeny type vibe with the way that things are layered and like the slight imperfections in you know some of the color blocking that comes out when you see like like a swath of blue or a swath of yellow it's not just a monolithic block it's a flawed block that has like a very physical and tangible element to it i would say don't fault yourself for saying texture here because in in the project description she says my goal with this project was to build as much texture and layering as possible so so you're right on the nailed it yeah Uh, the other cool thing about this is that the letters actually come from the hash that was used as the seed for oh, very cool. the randomness here. So it pulls either the vowels or consonants and uses those as well. So that's like a pretty unique execution. Obviously, every piece uses the hash and so, to, to seed the randomness, but actually 
looking at the string and then pulling out individual elements of it and using it in the composition of the piece is cool. And in such like an artistic way, like sometimes you'll see the hash just like, oh, this is your hash, you know? Yeah. That was a hallmark piece of um, our collaboration with Jarrah's Olympic poster project. But the way that this is done is so creative and just uh, nuanced, yeah. I would say. You would never know it unless like you had read the description. I didn't know it. I need to read the description more. I'm loving the palettes. I'm loving mm-hmm. the compositions. I'm looking at number 83 right now. I think this one looks really cool. It's priced very aspirationally at almost 1,000 Tez. Mm. But that one just stood out as I was scrolling through just what was on the market. Likewise, like number 206, which is a much more affordable 69 Tez. These are examples of pieces too where the the letters are not quite as apparent. Like You'd have to kind of search for them a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Everything about this piece is is super cool, and I'm happy I decided to mint one. I was, I think I was, I was a little bit like you, where I thought, "Geez, like minting out slowly, maybe I'll be able to get one under mint." But I think I had just made a sale or something, and I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna mint one. You know, I'm yeah. gonna participate in minting this piece out because I think it's super cool and deserves it. Honestly, it deserves it. Yeah, that's how I feel about Altona. Now the market is like at seventy ish tez as the floor, so mm-hmm. and slowly coming up. I think out of all the ones that I've seen, and I didn't even realize it was on the the market at first. I love number six, which is at 99. You know, oh, this is a great one for me to update my pink gallery with. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a great palette. Which one is that? Rivulet. Okay. That's a common palette too. I like the composition of this piece um, where it's definitely like, I'd say more striated layers. Mm -hmm. It's slightly less chaotic, um, at least you know, on the surface, then you can dive into it and see more of the, um, like a grid pattern just kind of stamped on it almost. I think this one's really special. Uh, I like it. So there's another rare trait called paper where there's the standard one is accrue, but then the the rare one is slate. I just wanted to see what the slate ones look like. And I guess they just end up being a little bit darker. The default background, I guess, is black or, or like kind of a, a grayish tone. The standard is really nice, and I bet you prefer it because you like the lighter (laughs) colors anyways. I think the uh, only project that I've loved the darker colors on were the series by White Cross. Annihilate this week, Mm -hmm. for example, where the darker palettes just felt so intense. And I love the way that those those projects were composed. Oh, here's another really cool one, by the way, in the Rivulet palette, number 172, owned by Mitchell. That one just stands out to me. Oh, that is bonkers cool. Yeah. It feels so much more cut in a way. Yep. It's so different from how the other ones appear. Yeah. I mean, this really shows how the different features mix and combine to create a lot of surprising outputs in this one. So probably could have honestly gone more than 256. Oh, 100%. Looking at all the variation here and everything, like there's so much to explore. I'll add it to my watched list. Yeah, I might too. (laughs) Definitely want to keep this on the radar. Glad to see another one from Sarah here. I, she's only done drops kind of for special events, right? So she did the live minting and now this as the Frankie tribute. So I wonder if we'll see something from her that's more like straightforward, just an FX hash drop for the sake of doing one. I would love to see that. I'll put a link to her website with her other list of projects. There isn't a ton posted there. I think most of these things have been dropped on ETH. But the last two projects are on FX hash. So maybe that's the direction she's moving and moving forward, which I absolutely 100% love. Hey, you know, Tezos is where the culture is. It <laughs> so. is. XOXO, Lenny. Yeah, Lenny. And I mean, also like a lot of the artists that we've talked to, like I think Lisa also talked about that in her interview, just loving yeah. the culture of Tezos in general. 
All right, let's move on to the last of the top five and then wrap it up with very quick shout outs this week. Curlita by Ivy Poser. This was two hundred edition project ducks auction that started at thirty two, ending at four. Not quite sure where it ended up minting out at. I assume it was above four. Given where the floors are now and stuff, yeah. Yeah, and also the fact that there were really tight tiers at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And this is another entry into that slightly structured meandering abstract work that we've been talking about already this week quite a bit bringing to mind september from a couple of weeks ago for example or the jipitombo drop from that same week yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's, it is very on meta on style for what we're seeing in successful abstract pieces right now defined lines squiggly meandering lines interesting bisecting and rearranging each little segment is going to fill in its own way we have a couple of pieces that we're probably going to shut out that are executing on this as well. I totally miss this one. So I, other than the fact that I'm looking at it, look, have been looking through it this morning and saw it in the sales feed a bit, I don't have too, too much to say other than that. It's just exactly the type of project that people seem to be loving right now. And it's another really well executed one. Like I'm looking through and loving the colors and loving the waviness. Before the show, you mentioned that you got a little bit of a fragments vibe from these two mm-hmm. especially the like the small fragments which is where it's zoomed out and super wavy like this you mm-hmm. know obviously like they're structured differently this one feels more organic it's a softer take i would say fragments are more, more like crystalline structures yeah. and this one definitely has more of a natural growth kind of angle to it but totally when you look at things like number 38 which heavy minted that one i get like especially with the power as well, the kind of red and black, like a fragments vibe from it. That one's really nice, number 38. I'll be sure to include it in the uh, yeah. the notes. But as far as like the artists, I feel like we have not mentioned them on the show before, but they have had some drops dating back to August. They've only been active post-beta. Kind of cool to see them break through now and have a big success like this. Flustels had a small moment. I remember mm. talking about this with people in the Discord. I think they were... Wondering, like, you know, did I get the price right? Did I get the edition size right? Flustels was a really slow mint. And this, it's a completely different follow up, I would say, Curlita, where it's not as procedurally generated code where there are a certain number of flower styles, for example. Maybe closest to the Vortex, which they released in September, so not that long ago. If the Vortex came out now, I feel like it would be immediately nabbed. It would definitely get targeted, that's for sure. this this style i mean this is like what's so cool about fx hash right is that like artists can plug away and make projects and refine their style work and work and work and release and like eventually pop up and break through like this and then now whatever ivy's next drop will be is probably going to be something people are going to be like watching and paying more attention to agreed and i also have to say that i love this dutch auction counting down from the lowest tier the toppest tier tier it's four five six eight ten sixteen twenty four thirty two yeah i love those last four tiers or last five tiers being so close i feel like it jumps a little bit too much in the top tiers but maybe that's less of a concern for this artist because they're not going to be targeted and flipped maybe they will in the future but just not at this point Mm -hmm. it was enabling people to buy at higher price points but then ensuring that people can kind of get in at the lower tiers where they want and trying to capture more of that primary. 
I know it's something that you're a big fan of. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of that. Like just making sure. I know it can it can seem annoying or weird because it's like when you have the tiers changing every five minutes or ten minutes, and it's like just clicking down two tes or four tes, and it feels insignificant. But I think that's the type of thing that adds up over a number of drops, especially just trying to capture as much of that test that would have been spent on gas for yourself as an artist feels important to me. The early mints were at like 16, oh, which cool. is good. Awesome. So, I mean, they were, they were able to capture some of more of the primary by, you know, having a, a, a Dutch auction. Love to see it. Cool. I know we're getting short on time. So should we just jump to shout outs really quick? Yeah. We already kind of talked about release from Monokai, which was 320 editions. Dutch auction, 96, 64, 32. So taking a, a more abbreviated, bigger step approach and still open for mint. It's a super cool one. Yeah, this project is insane. I'm actually surprised that this hasn't minted out. Maybe it's just the price is a little bit too high for people to really jump in and grab, but... I think everyone was surprised it didn't mint out. Yeah. I don't know if it was because they were put off at how long it takes to, to like load and animate, and so it was kind of maybe hard to get a sense of what all is going on here. I it's really hard to speculate because it does feel like on theme for what people like right now, but also very distinct and different. Poppy and fun, I would say. It also kind of gives me that vibe of like Monotau, mm. zooming deep in and, and kind of it has like almost this fractally thing because of how organic and like, I think it's supposed to be inspired by blood cells and- you know, There's a story that's attached to it. Okay. Um, but it kind of makes sense looking at even the one that they have just as the- base here like all these little cells floating off of this like anemone looking thing so we can't spend too much too much time on it i guess because of the shout outs but <laughs> but if you like this i mean go check it out it's still open to mint at the bottom tier of 32 tes there are even some that people are are trying to ship for under mint price right now it looks oh. like so well there you go there you go all right next shout out trinity Next shout out is Collapse by Jonas Lund. 256 editions, flat 10 Tez. This also had a really big moment on, on the marketplace. It was also in the, the top drops of the week. Yep. There's another Herbert tribute piece as well. It's kind of trippy to look at, to be honest. Um, this is an animated piece, so be sure to hit the play button and then just kind of watch as these structures and these grids, they start to warp and animate in like perfect harmony with each other, especially the ones that are more tightly packed and dense. It's kind of cool to look at. It's really cool. Like as I explored the pieces, like I didn't mint any of these, unfortunately. I think it really set time that I was away from my computer. It was like on my list of ones to get. And I was a little surprised actually, because, you know, it kind of does suffer a little bit from that thumbnail problem that animated projects can have. But the artist Jonas Lund, it's like their first release on the platform. They've got and not insignificant number of Twitter followers. So need to kind of do some research into some of the other work that they've done, mm -hmm. see if they've been on Artblocks or or Foundation or any other platforms where people might know the work. But yeah. just looking through their website, it looks like a lot of the stuff, they do a fair amount of like real world art installation, like an exhibiting. So yeah. this could be like yet another bigger artist off platform that we need to get familiar, familiar with, especially if they're mm -hmm. going to put more on fx hash i'm just loving watching the uh like the moire effect on some of yeah. these tight ones where it's just ah uh, it's so cool That's it's cool. a very cool piece and definitely one that i'll i'm gonna watch the market on to try to get in if it comes down a little bit more on the floor but people do keep sweeping them so <laughs> that might be tough 
So next shout out, I'm going to go with Choreography by Guido Schmidt. We haven't had a drop from this artist in a while. They're were really well known for their beta token uh, Monuments Kingdom of Utu, which at one point was like... It was huge. It was, it was like, like a top 10, like when people talked about Grails the platform type of piece yeah. back in Like one of the ones December. you have to get. Yeah. And had a pretty high floor price. It's you know highest secondary sales, 175 Tez, which back in December was a lot. <laughs> a mm-hmm. lot of Tez. There weren't very many pieces that were selling for that high. It's more than Contra at the time, for sure. Yep. This is, I mean, this was a, a work that a lot of people were like lumping in with Contra, with Hash Cities. The floors come down quite a bit. Their follow-up didn't do as well. The Rorschach piece, I think, was a little too weird for folks. And then it's just been kind of nothing since 1.0. And they're back with a super weird, wild, like right up my alley, animated, weird, noisy, almost like an Augusta Nagy piece, you know? That's what it reminded me of a lot. So yeah, they did mint out finally, but you can get them extremely cheap on the secondary under mint. Below mint, yeah. So if you're into noisy, animated, weird, weird, weird stuff, go check this one out. Generally not the thing that people on the platform are interested nope. in. Unfortunately, you've cornered the market, but I minted a couple of these as well, just if you need more <laughs> signals. No, you can, you can keep those. I got a lot of them. So. No, I minted some. Yeah, I got like a... I think I got two or three. Go check it out if you're into that stuff. I guess the next one up is yet another rad drop from Chris McCulley, who's been on fire for the last couple of weeks. Uh, this is Aileron's 128 Editions, 8 Tez, another textured layer piece that is like very much based off of light and shadow. And it's kind of photorealistic in like an abstracted way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm just in terms of like the richness of the colors, it feels like a very Photoshopped top-down photo of something, which is an effect that I really like. I mean, it's an amazingly vibrant piece. And I think that's what he was going for in the experiment here. I guess this is kind of an experimental piece because it kept edition size pretty low. I'm a little surprised how soft the market has been on it. It feels like this is a a piece that if it had launched at the right time would have been like gone crazy. But I guess it's just a little off meta (laughs) right now to do this type of thing. I minted three of them. I think they're super cool and you can get them for very cheap right now if you want. Like Below a, Mint. Yeah, Below Mint. Another cool one from Chris. Yeah. I'm going to shout out Encoder by Nudaru. Nudaru is, is back. It's been a little bit, I feel like, from Nudaru. Like we, I guess we saw one drop that we didn't talk about called Unstable Anticipation from like a month or so ago. But want to shout out Encoder here. Primarily because of the number of times I've seen these go through the sales feed and I thought they were sequences. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really cool piece. I mean, it's, it's different from sequence, um, but there is a lot of cool structure and color here that when, when I've just seen them at a glance in the feed, I'm like, oh, whoa, like sequences are moving. Cool to see Nudaru back and making cool art. Nudaru is maybe kicking off another phase of drops. Yeah, love to see it. The next one I guess we can call out is... Trati, which is a collaboration between two pretty well-known artists on the platform, White Cross and Emmanuel Pessin. This was one that I thought might have a possible run at the top five for this week. Same. It actually is really similar in some ways to Emmanuel's prior drops crosswords, 
which has the grid-like structure with uh, made up of lines and colors and just really blocked out, but maybe also has some uh, similarities and overlap with White Cross's most recent work in a way, unless it falls apart, or maybe more of the um, the slanted, the posizioni, the sezioni, mm-hmm. the derizioni. I missed this drop, unfortunately, but there's a ton of variety. It's kind of tick-like in a way. Yeah, I can some see of that. the ticks. This is another one that's under mint right now. It's a very cool project that if it launched at the right time again, like in a, in a less soft market, that I could totally have seen it crushing the secondary. I like the hand-drawn element of it. I actually kind of, I don't mind the animation. I think the animation is kind of nice and pleasing to watch as it comes to life. It's just, uh, even though we've had some big wins in the last couple of weeks, like I think it's clear the market's not fully back. It's really hit or miss, honestly. I think it's a dangerous time to be speculating for that alone. The things that hit, hit really, really hard, but it's really hard to predict, which makes it fun and exciting. Absolutely. So last one, very, very quickly, Possible Ways by MCHX. 256 editions, five Tez. Didn't go nuts or anything, but I wanted to call this one out because it's another cool animated piece. And MCHX is their first drop on FX Hash. They've done some really cool work off-platform, mostly with like AI, but this one didn't incorporate any of those elements. It was more just playing into their color fields type of style. It did mint out, but I think you can still get them very, very inexpensively on the secondary. It's barely above mint. Cool to see them cross over and start to make some generative work. So that's all I want to say about it. Cool. All right. Looking ahead, we only have one thing here. It's already in the uh, incoming feed, and that is The City, which is a collaboration by... Lax Raven and R1B2. They had a, a collaborative project before the collab contract came out. And it was mining structures, and they created a new wallet that had both names on it. So they gotcha. have collaborated before. Yes. Um, they were innovating. And mining structures was a huge project when it, it came out. And they have a follow up work that's called The City, which is not similar, but like a very similar like line drawing style. I think that Lax Raven is actually an illustrator. Yep. And so that's like the source of their collaboration, the codification of ink illustrations. So I think this one definitely has potential on the secondary. Mm-hmm. I actually prefer it so far from the, the ones that I flipped through to their original collab. I think it has a little more interesting like variety and detail, but I don't even have a prediction for it because I just feel like the market, you have no idea <laughs> where, where people are going to go with this. Mining structures, it had a huge moment. High sale of 135, which again was very high back at the time. Current floor of 42. I don't know. I think we can see it going in the 44 or it could be unminted out at 33. Who knows? We'll see. One interesting snag on this, which we haven't seen in a minute, is that 20% royalty to the person who mints it. So hmm. you get a little bit of rebate on your sale there i guess if you decide to flip and if the person who buys from you decides to flip you get that days or years from now so that's a cool one to be looking out for and then the only other looking ahead thing i don't know if you saw this because you were so busy this week but landlines was in price discussion Mm, i saw this okay so the next piece of their iteration series is going to be on the official landlines account so if you have iterations one two and three for every set you have you're going to have a reserve for free of the final piece this is my reminder mostly to you that if you want to go <laughs> go get your iteration one, you got to think and about iteration doing it three. <laughs> yeah. So there was a little bit of a run on iteration ones again, because I think last episode we talked about how they were down to the 30s. Some people have gone back and scooped them. 
54 test floor. I'm out. We haven't seen what this final piece is going to look like or anything. Uh, it could be this week. It could be next, you know, next month. We're not sure, but it was cool to get confirmation that the iterations experiment is, is coming to a close. I wish that this had been telegraphed earlier. I appreciate predictability, but also artistic integrity. You can do what you want. Oh, one more thing to look forward to coming out. New Kim Asendorf releasing was supposed to be Friday, the day of this recording, but the window closed. <laughs> you know, it's been a year and we still do this stupid rotating schedule thing where artists announce and then realize that they don't have the project up. And it's just like, yeah, another data point for why we should change the system. But and it's too late in the episode to relitigate that. It's going to be really short. It's like only, it's like 111 editions, some really low 128, 128 editions, okay. 56 yeah. Tez flat price or something, 46 flat price, something like that. We'll put in the tweet. Gas, gas war. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people don't like animated work. So we'll see. We'll see. Lots to look forward to then. All right. Let's end the episode here. Thank you, as always, Trinity. Great to talk to you on a Friday morning. Always. Enjoy your work day. Never. I'm going to get to editing. And yeah, that's it for this one. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Later. <laughs> <laughs>